You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 108, Survivor Voices, Code Red Films. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, one of the things that I just love about uh, our conversations every other week is getting together, talking to other people out there who just care so deeply about uh, making an impact in this issue and of being a light in the world. And our guest today absolutely is is yet another example of that in such a neat, unique, and creative way. Well, and, and I appreciate um, your comments of introduction, Dave, because our guest, Grant Nisley, is director and producer for Code Red Films. And with his response to understanding the social justice issues in our world as a young man, he found ways to use his skill, his education in um, digital media studies and film and video production. He's a grad from University of Denver. He studied in London. He's worked in Haiti and literally across the world. But his latest project will take us to Nepal. And I am very happy to introduce Grant Nisley. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sandy. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. And um, just to make sure that I don't forget, I want to shout out to Jamie Saul Hong, my friend who introduced me to you, Grant. And she was really key in the production of um, the untouchable film, uh, Children of God. And so we're really glad that uh, Jamie brought us together here at the Global Center for Women and Justice. Absolutely. She was an instrumental advocate and supporter. She is very energetic and enthusiastic and passionate about, uh, you know, equality and justice for women and girls around the world. She was one of the executive producers on the film. And we had the pleasure of uh, premiering the film. Actually, the world premiere was at the Newport Beach Film Festival just over a year ago where we won the Humanitarian Award. So she was instrumental in helping uh, getting the film out to the public, which is really part of the mission and focus. You can produce the best film in the world, but if nobody sees it, uh, it's not going to be very effective. Well, and that's a great segue. Let's get this out here in the front. Um, Newport Beach. We're going to be back in Newport Beach next weekend. And for listeners that listen to this later on, um, we'll at least put a, a report about the activities so you can find them in our show notes. But next weekend, Grant will be at the Balboa Bay Club with three of the young women from the film who will... Um, be recognized for their leadership in the ending human trafficking world. Um, A few days later, we're going to screen the film in Newport Beach, and we will hear again from these three amazing girls. So let's dive into this. And Dave, you want to start this out? I would love to. And one of the things I was curious about, Grant, before we get into the details of the film and the stories that are involved, 
How did you get involved in this in this issue in the first place? What was the beginning point for you of of really getting involved with the the attention you've put to human trafficking? That's a great question, Gabe. And it really, the genesis of the project goes back uh, about four years, and I was actually working uh, for a private software company and uh, traveling around the region of Southeast Asia. I lived in Singapore for 10 years, and my first trip to Nepal, when I really fell in love with the country and the culture, was in 2001. I'd been trekking up to Mount Everest Base Camp. Of course, Nepal is famous for trekking and Mount Everest, but there's also a darker side to the culture that is not always visible. Well, a friend of mine from Sweden had sent me an email actually on a day that I was kind of depressed and disillusioned and praying, God, I would love to work on another film project and be part of something bigger. And literally one minute later, I receive an email from a gentleman named Hawken Gabrielson. And he's done a lot of humanitarian missions work all over the world and had just returned from Nepal to some of these body villages, body B-A-D-I is a tribal group and community that has really degenerated into a prostitute community. But many of the girls, as young as 12, are vulnerable to be trafficked to the brothels of India. So we met at a Starbucks in Singapore about four years ago. It was one of those moments when you sit down with someone, and actually in my spirit, I sensed before he even said a word, whatever he was about to say, I was meant to be all in, 100%. And he proceeded to share the stories of two young girls 12 and 13 years old, who were deceived, drugged, and trafficked to a brothel in New Delhi and had spent months and, in one case, a year and a half in this brothel. And that was really the catalyst uh, that moved me after I heard the story to start working on this documentary film and eventually quit my job uh, so I could give it the attention it deserves and complete it. Oh, wow. What uh, an incredible change as far as you being ready for hearing that message and then being willing to answer that call. And, and I, am even curious the before piece of that, you, you mentioned that even before that email came that you were really wanting to work on another project. What's, what's the, where did the motivation for you come from as far as being involved in the social issues and doing the projects you've done before? Why is, why is that a part of your work? That's a great question as well, and it's really the convergence of my passion for storytelling, uh, specifically the medium of film and video, and also my heart uh, for human rights and social Mm. justice. And those were really cultivated, uh, I guess, at two different seasons of my life. I was always fascinated by the power of the screen and the undivided attention that people have, say, in a movie theater uh, to essentially hear and see whatever images and sounds and stories are projected. I thought that was very powerful. And a lot of times, especially in the United States of America, uh, our entertainment culture, I I question if the stories we tell and the amount of time and energy and resources that we put into telling those stories are ultimately really benefiting uh, those in need in the world. Uh, I actually, I'm here in Philadelphia at the moment, and I just flew back from Haiti 48 hours ago. I was back there working on a a different film project, but it was really my trip to Haiti 12 years ago that awakened my soul and opened my eyes to what I would say is the real world. 
a lot of times we use the terms third world or developing country. Uh, living in a very consumeristic, materialistic country like uh, Singapore or the United States of America, I think it's very important for more Americans to travel to these countries and see the realities where death is just a part of life. And, you know, some of the students at the school in Haiti, they're doing, they're in class one week and the next week they're not. Well, the director and teachers come to find out the students passed away. They died. The young boys or girls from a fever or a very simple disease that we could cure in a place like America. But I think it is important to tell these stories, and that led me to really quit my job and found Code Red Films. Our slogan is taking risks to tell the truth. And we really champion stories. We want to highlight individuals, organizations, taking risks to tell the truth and really trying to make a difference in the areas of social injustice. Well, thank you so much for that heart that you bring to this to this issue. And Sandy, you know, I'm I'm always struck anytime we uh, we talk with uh, folks like Grant who've been leaders in this area of just how uh, people's hearts are so um, are so strong in this area, and and really the folks who are making great change are really motivated by wanting to influence the world mm-hmm. in a really positive That's way. Right. I'm very um, encouraged by how you've explained the process of identifying how to connect your skill set and your passions to change. And I think sometimes, um, especially because I work here at Vanguard University, and I speak to young um, minds every every day, and they want to make a difference. And they're looking for something to join. And the idea of looking inside to what am I passionate about? What are my skills? What do I do well? And then connecting those. And you um, definitely model that. And I love it that our students are going to have a chance to also spend time with you. Um, I want to know a little bit more about the story that you put together in Untouchable Children of God and how it starts and particularly how you integrated prevention as one of your target goals in telling that story? When I heard the stories firsthand of these girls, uh, I was shocked by how many, and they estimate anywhere from 15 to 20,000 girls under 18 are being trafficked from Nepal specifically to India. And what they endure there is is really, uh, even having heard the stories firsthand, it's difficult to comprehend the exploitation, abuse, rape, torture, and even murder that is happening every single day to hundreds and thousands of girls in the red light areas and beyond in India. Um, We really wanted to tell a story about empowered survivors. In the process of doing research for the film, I read a lot of books, I saw a lot of documentary films, And the focus was really, in most cases, on anonymous victims. So we wanted to shift the focus to empowered survivors. And we took great uh, time. You know, we visited with these girls, their family in rural Nepal, at least the one who has a family, and met with their guardians, their counselors. And every time we went back, over the course of a three-year period, we would ask the girls, you know, what do you want? You know, what, what's your dream and vision for the future? And 
their heart is really to see their sisters, as they call them, you know, who were in the brothel, set free and prevented from ever being there in the first place. Because you can rescue girls all day long and build new safe homes in India or here in America, but until you get to the root cause and prevent it and stop it at the source, uh, it's just going to continue to grow and become a problem. So those were, uh, I guess, two keys that we wanted to differentiate. We wanted to provide a platform for these specific girls, if they wanted to tell their story, to tell it. And they did and verified that multiple times over multiple years. Um, their only concern, and we've you know honored this, uh, is that they didn't want the film to be shown with their identity or faces in Nepal. And it actually wasn't for safety and security. It was more for the social stigma. It's hard to imagine, but even mm. though it wasn't their fault being trafficked, when they come back to their families or villages, many of these girls and women are ostracized for life. So we did absolutely want to focus on prevention and the demand uh, for paid sex and exploitation. Well, you just used the word roots um, in your response, and immediately um, I was taken back to sitting in that Newport Beach theater and watching the screen as the tree roots emerged. And um, can you talk about the story of the roots from the village uh, where these girls come from, from the body people? Sure. And we actually had a great animator and uh, we had this vision to portray a tree which represents life and bearing fruit and beauty and the roots of the tree, if you can imagine, magnified, you know, tenfold. So these uh, massive roots, because what we began to find as we uncovered and, you know, interviewed dozens of women and girls and people in Nepal and India was that there's this massive root system that is really keeping, uh, you know, these girls enslaved in various ways in Nepal and India. And, you know, two of those that are very, uh, I would say, prevalent and unique to Nepal and India would be the corruption uh, and the caste system, which is absolutely an oppressive, dehumanizing system uh, in place in that region of the world. And so we wanted to try to highlight what are the root causes, how can we get to the root of the issue to stop this, you know, what I believe is one of the greatest injustices of our generation in human trafficking and modern day slavery. So corruption is pretty easy for me to imagine. The um, The caste system is a little more removed and it's a faraway concept. Can you give us um, something to really tangible to understand what that meant for the prospects for a 12-year-old girl growing up in that village? And many people in Nepal and India, you know, your caste is, is you can't escape it. It's with you for life. And in many times, many cases, the last name, the surname of a man or woman identifies their caste. So there's extreme caste discrimination uh, throughout Nepal and India, especially for the Dalits or the untouchables, uh, of which the body tribe or community, you know, they used to be entertainers, singers, dancers, musicians for royalty in the Rajas in India. But because of poverty and certain circumstances, it's generated to where now fathers are selling their own daughters knowingly to brothel owners. Some of them unknowingly are uh, sent off to India thinking they have a good job and then, in fact, are sold to a brothel. In other cases, there's parents inviting uh, customers to come in and pay to have sex with their 
daughters, again, as young as 12 and 13 years old. But I'll share a story that really uh, hit home, I guess, or, or helped me to understand the depth of the mindset and the paradigm of this caste system. One of the girls from the body community, she was about 18 years old and had traveled to Kathmandu with her father for an x-ray at a hospital. When she went into the x-ray room, it was just her and the doctor. The doctor opened her chart and saw that her surname, last name, was Body, and proceeded to try to rape her in the room of the hospital. As if that wasn't bad enough, when she you know, escaped and ran out to her father in the waiting room and said, this guy just tried to rape me, his response was total indifference. That's who you are. That's who we are. N not a big deal. So, uh, of course, in America, if somebody tried to rape someone's daughter in a hospital, you know, I think he would grab the nearest baseball bat and uh, head for the doctor, which isn't the best solution either. And yet, <laughs> I think it really yeah. highlights the contrast and how deeply rooted this mindset is that this is our destiny, this is our fate, this is what we're born into. And the irony of the term untouchable uh, you know, during the daytime, they can't use the same toilets or water, drinking fountains or wells. And literally the higher caste Brahmins, the priest or well-to-do in society, won't even go near them or touch them or stand in their shadow. And yet the high caste men tend to rape and abuse the mm. untouchables more than any other. So here's this term untouchable, and yet they get touched and abused and exploited more than any group in Nepal and India. That's a powerful story. Thank you. And on the website for Untouchable Children of God, there is a quote from one of these girls, and absolutely it crystallizes everything you're saying. It says, For many years, I thought it was my fate to be a prostitute. Now I realize the system wasn't made by God. It was made by man. So their voices yeah, really does. are powerful. So tell us about Absolutely. the three girls that we're going to meet. So the three who are uh, traveling over to the United States uh, next week, the two are the main uh, survivors from our film that we focus on, and they are some of the most courageous, inspiring, radiant uh, girls you'll ever meet. And, you know, when you see them laughing and smiling, it's hard to imagine knowing their story and what they've been through. And I think that's a testimony to uh, the grace of God and restoration and just their own faith, um, that they can even believe in God and, and forgive, you know, the people who, the teenage boys who sold them uh, so they could buy drugs and mm. sold them to the brothel in India, as well as uh, hundreds of men who had uh, raped and abused them. So there really is uh, a very um, powerful, redeeming, and rest restoration quality uh, to the character of these girls. And uh, they are both uh, very passionate about making a difference now in the future. One wants to be a doctor and return to her village in Nepal and provide health care, especially among the marginalized lower caste, uh, who generally does not have any access to health care. The other, she has a real heart to set her sisters free, in her own words. So she really wants to be a human rights lawyer and then help, uh, you know, really prosecute and prevent and set these girls free and prevent them from ever being there in the first place. 
And the other, uh, who's a little older, she's 22, has really become kind of a face and uh, voice for this body community, which for years and decades in Nepal, they were not even recognized as citizens. They didn't have birth certificates. A lot of times there were no fathers, and therefore they couldn't have land. They couldn't get education. They had no economic opportunities. So she's really trying to be a voice and catalyst in her community for uh, positive change. And that gets down to the root of changing culture and paradigms and seeing themselves as uh, valuable and with infinite potential for the future. So um, two of the girls, I'm looking right now at their names, two of the girls that are coming, their last names are body. Um, Correct. And for those of us who we, we go out and purchase um, shields with our family name to hang on the wall, uh, that's not what happens uh, if you're, if you can't change your last name in their culture. Correct. And you have to disclose your caste anytime you apply for a job. Uh, It's very rare that there's mixed uh, caste marriages uh, anytime you're applying for a school. And even with the Constitution of India, it's very interesting and getting into faith and religion, how certain uh, government uh, credits or opportunities are not available for people of certain scheduled castes or the Dalits or the body. And, and also, depending on your faith and religion, you may be denied you know, certain uh, incentives or credits from the government. So it, it really is for life. And that's why I think you got to get to the root cause of it. And how do you change culture? Can you change culture? And just that's uh, challenging process both for uh, women and girls in terms of rights, but also this entire community of men, women, boys and girls growing up in Nepal who don't have just the basic uh, necessities of you know, citizenship and owning land and the opportunities for education. So for me now, listening to this story, um, I, I've got a better understanding of some of the root causes. Uh, when I get up from my seat in the theater and walk out after watching Untouchable, Children of God, and I loved how you described how, as a culture, we here in America anyway, dedicate a considerable amount of our time to big screen. Even in our homes, we have big screens now. Um, I don't want to walk away and say, wow, that was really sad. I want to walk away with um, a commitment to do something. What is your call to action? And how am I going to have any impact on on untouchables in a, a country that is halfway around the world? It is so important for people to understand that we all can and must do something if we really want to make uh, a difference and abolish slavery and trafficking in our generation. I recognize many people cannot travel to Nepal and India. They may not have a heart for that part of the world, but the reality, and now there's a massive awakening in America that this is happening right here at home in states like California and Orange County. And, you know, it's criminal networks now really uh, preying upon uh, younger and younger girls at high schools, middle schools, malls. You look recently with the Super Bowl in America or other 
a bust in Denver, Colorado at a stock show earlier this year, a sex trafficking ring, where they brought in minors to meet the demand for paid sex. So I think when you walk away from a film, you can be educated and inspired, but you really have to take responsibility and ownership and acknowledge there are men and women, boys and girls, being sold into slavery, bonded labor, sex slavery. It is happening in Nepal and India, but it's also happening in America. I think it's important for people to take ownership and then get involved somewhere doing something. And I know the Global Center for Women and Justice at Vanguard University, there's lots of opportunities. There's anti-human trafficking task force. You know, there's a lot of schools and churches who now have programs to fight trafficking and slavery, both uh, at home and abroad. So I think it's just important to get involved somewhere, wherever your heart leads you. And it's not just about donating money. I think it's more to listen to someone's story. And there are opportunities to volunteer because uh, I think that changes you for life when it becomes uh, a flesh and blood issue. It's no longer stories on a screen or statistics, but it's another human being and you've looked in their eyes. And I think there's so many opportunities to get involved that people would be amazed if they just uh, took a little time and energy to research some of those options. Well, and I think you're a great example of that, Grant. I mean, you're, um, you're, disposition and your heart for social justice was there even before you came across this issue in detail. And so because of that, and because of your willingness to open up yourself and your heart, you know, look what uh, wonderful work you've been able to do to influence others. And I, uh, you know, Sandy, I just I really love Grant's call to action also for us to go out and to be aware of the world. And even if we can't travel, at least to open ourselves up to what's going on in other parts of the world. And um, some of us have had the chance to do that, and others of us haven't. So, if we, the more we understand what's going on um, outside of countries like the U.S. and Singapore, like Grant was saying, that it really does open our eyes and our hearts to how we can affect more positive change. And one of the things that I think it's important for our listeners to understand is we have experiences of the same group of girls or same uh, village of girls being trafficked beyond India. And many have uh, found themselves being sold into slavery in Europe, um, here in the United States. Uh, Girls have been rescued right here in Orange County who were from uh, very difficult family situations in India and Nepal. So it's important Uh, to look at the international impact that comes to our own shores, but also exactly, I just, it resonates with me what you said, Grant, about looking at our own girls, our own boys, to see how they may be marginalized and become vulnerable. Prevention is always preferable, but at least doing something to make sure they're not invisible, that they are seen, and that someone does step in to intervene. What I would um, love for you to do right now as we get close to um, closing this podcast, I would like you to um, summarize for us what your, um, your project will mean to these particular three girls and what will happen to them. I know they've told their story. They are um, 
they are making a difference because people are are changing their attitudes. But what exactly will happen to these survivors? How are they empowered? What kind of program are they in? I always get questions when we tell stories. Well, what happened to those mm-hmm. girls? So are they are they sure. in school? What's happening? The two survivors from our film who are now 18 years old, and they have been in a safe home in Kathmandu and attending school uh, for the past four years. Education is the cornerstone for change. Yes, and many times because of their caste, they don't have the opportunities for education uh, beyond the equivalent of high school. So one of the goals, uh, my personal hope and prayer for these girls is whatever they want to do in life, whatever they want to pursue in terms of their careers, uh, that there would be no obstacles or barriers financially or otherwise. Because once you've heard their story and what they've gone through, and they have extraordinary hearts to serve their community and their country of Nepal, So I'm hoping that this platform and this film will really transform into opportunities uh, to receive the quality education so they can then be effective catalysts for change in their own country and community. Absolutely. Excellent. Education is the cornerstone of this podcast. We believe that when you have the knowledge base uh, to understand what's happening, then you're going to be able to make good choices uh, about what to do to make a difference. Well, and I'm actually going to uh, just say thank you, Grant, for your work on this project. Thank you for your partnership with the Global Center for Women and Justice here. And thank you for uh, giving us another opportunity to not only to tell the stories that are so important, but also an opportunity to inspire people on what they can do differently. And uh, I I just think we all owe you a a debt of gratitude for the work you've done, your creative, your creative um, gifts. And to be able to bring those uh, to this issue is, is just, is just really impressive. And, you know, Sandy, we have so many wonderful people we've met who have, who've taken their unique gifts to contribute to this issue in a really positive and exciting way. So thank you, Grant, for being a great example of that as well. And the, um, the, if you are, oh, sorry, Grant, let you, I'll let you respond to him first. Sorry, <laughs> I, I get excited. I thank you to both of you, and uh, particularly for the Center for uh, Women Global, uh, Global Center for Women and Justice. And, you know, it took a team, and there were a lot of challenges on this journey that has now been about four years. But, uh, you know, extraordinary individuals like, Jamie Saul Hong, who has stepped up and been an executive producer for the film and helped to get the word out, uh, Patty Edwards and several others, even in the local Orange County community, has helped transform the lives of these girls. So we're very excited. And of course, they're the heroes. They're the ones willing to share their story and now want to help prevent and set other girls free. And the opportunity to meet them in person, you know, uh, on September 19th and also September 22nd at uh, Edward Cinema in Newport Beach. You know, we're just very excited to bridge that gap and bring some of these stories and uh, extraordinary uh, young women to to Orange County to connect with people face to face. Now, if you're listening to this and you already have your ticket, or you are listening to this after the film was shown, 
um, that's great. But if you're listening and thinking, well, I want to see that film, uh, go to our Global Center for Women and Justice website and to this podcast and links to the film will be there for you. You can order a DVD. You can order um, a streaming version. I was very impressed with all of your technology, Grant. And I, um, I hope that we'll see many of you when we are actually uh, screening this on September 22nd. Well, Sandy, I want to say thank you again to Grant and for the opportunity for us to feature the film. And as Sandy mentioned, all of the links will be on the show notes. And of course, you can reach out to us with questions. Uh, the best way to do that is to email us, gcwj at vanguard.edu. That, of course, stands for the Global Center for Women and Justice. Or you can contact us directly by phone, 714-966-6360. And if you've been listening to this show for a bit and it's been helpful to you, take a moment to leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. That will help us to get the message out on how to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in human trafficking. Take care, everybody. 